Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. I am so excited because what episode is this, Beverly? 100! Ah! Would you have believed we'd get to 100 when we started? No. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, podcasts dwindle, right? I mean, it's yeah. a thing. And also, like 100 episodes, we're doing the 100th episode and it's been every single week. You know, uh-huh. like we haven't missed weeks. Like this is really exciting. This is wild. And it's, it's the other thing that I think makes it surprising is that we knew each other for like a month and only for the purpose of the podcast (laughs) prior to starting. And that's a hundred week commitment (laughs) that two strangers (laughs) made work for a hundred episodes. It's so wild. So Yeah. yeah, I'm super duper excited about it. But before we go too far down the path of nostalgia, and I feel like we should insert music at this point, like they would do on a television show before, before showing you previous episodes. Um, <laughs> we should talk about our sponsor. Yes. This <laughs> month, Sheila O'Kelly has sponsored our podcast. And that means that she is providing a prize for a lucky winner for the PF local fabric. Um, and this month we are encouraging our listeners to make things from fabric that they purchased at a local fabric store, maybe not local to them, but basically a small business fabric store. Um, because we think January is a great month to continue to support these small businesses. And um, Sheila O'Kelly has offered any of her large circular makeup bags. And if you go to SheilaO'KellyDesigns.BigCartel.com, you can see all the different varieties she has. Yeah, and these are super well-made makeup bags, which, as I noted in our previous episode, can also be used to bring small toys for children to restaurants. Um, Legos, obviously, being the preferred brand for that. Uh, Lego sponsor us, please. Um, but in addition to that, we would like to help Terrence William to achieve his dream of a new sewing machine for his business. And his goal there is to sell 500 of his headbands. He had already exceeded 250 when we last checked, and we are going to buy one more headband from him to give out to a winner um, for this month's challenge, PF Local Fabrics. And then in addition to that, if you yourself go and buy a headband to help Terrence meet his goal and send us evidence of that, and you've met us, we'll take anything that seems like reasonable evidence of a headband. Um, we will gladly send you a Punk Frockers sewing label. So just reach out and let us know about that and we'll be happy to do it. I have purchased one of these before, one of these headbands before, and I'm not a headband wearer, but I am a person that, um, you know, likes to get my hair out of my face when I wash my makeup off and clean my face and moisturize and all that. And it is a perfect headband for that. So it's uh, also a really great gift. I bought them for, uh, for people that I've gone to visit, um, including when we went up and visited Florence Taylor in, I'm going to say Philadelphia and be wrong, but, uh, (laughs) well, we drove through Philadelphia, but Florence lives in Allentown. 
there we go up to Allentown. We went up to Allentown and this was one of the gifts that I had for Florence when we met up with her were headbands um, from Terrence Williams store. They're amazing. Um, so yeah, check out Terrence Williams, follow, share. If you can't buy a headband at this time, um, tell others about it. Be great. Help him get that machine. That's awesome. And if you want to support us individually, go to patreon.com slash punk frockers and you'll see that there are three different tiers that you can choose from uh, to support our podcast. Awesome. Sounds good. So now let's catch up before we get to the main meat of our episode, which is obviously celebrating 100 episodes. Um, I... I have started a twall for a taco proposal. This is for Taco Magazine. Wow. They put out the call for um, people to submit for an issue that's coming up in 2023. Um, I think it's in the fall of 2023. And uh, they tagged me in that, which just blew me away, even though it's probably because they thought I'd talk about it on the show, which I'll note I am doing right now. Um, <laughs> but I came up with a couple of ideas for things I think would be a great fit for that episode. And so... For one of them, I've got time to make a twall before it's due. So I'm working on that. Can't say anything else about it because otherwise I, I can't submit it. It's so like one of the things secret. that I really like is that you called it an episode. I did. <laughs> Maybe you're going to let that go by. <laughs> it's an issue as it turns out, because this is a magazine. <laughs> oh my goodness. But I'm also wanting to make overalls. And I realized as I cut a pair out, yesterday that they do not meet our requirement, which is that, uh, that the pattern has to go up to a 60 inch hip. And this is by a company whose size chart for current releases does go up past 60 inches, but this is an older pattern that they have not extended. Um, so I am looking for other recommendations for patterns I could make overalls or coveralls out of. Um, I've got the Leo by Byhand London next up on my cutting table, which has a max 69-inch hip. This is a very loose pattern I've made once before, and my twall of it out of a quilting cotton was about a foot longer than my body, <laughs> which was unexpected. And so this next version, I'm going to make a little bit shorter. Um, and I had chosen to grade it out from my chest size to my waist size to my hip size. This time I'm making it to fit my waist size and ignoring all other measurements because it'll be fine. I've made the garment once and I know how how much ease it's got built into it. And I'm excited by that. What I discovered was, although I don't wear pants, don't wear overalls, don't wear coveralls as a general rule, when the temperatures drop, it turns out I would like something on my legs. And this is a way I can do that. It also gives me an excuse for wearing some of the tops I've made that I haven't gotten rid of because I love them. So today, for example, I'm wearing overalls that I bought from a retail store called Copper Union. These are the um, Esther overalls. They're made in a, I want to say cotton because I don't think they're linen, um, but they're made out of a really nice solid fabric. And um, I am the size two or three, depending on how much ease I'd like in them, they go up through a size six. So they go up considerably larger than my body. Most of the models are my size or larger for these garments. So I love them really well made, very happy with them. But I've paired it with a dragon fruit top that I made that I put, it's a crop top with a ruffle. And it's out of a quilting cotton that's got planets all over it and orange. And I love it. And being able to pair it has been really exciting for me. Um, I just got to watch Beverly sneeze silently, which I'm sure she wants cut from the program, but it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and of course, the mute was really appreciated. I imagine I would not be that thoughtful. 
but it was wonderful. So yeah, I'm looking for other overall possibilities. So if you've got something that you've seen modeled on a fat body, send, send it to me. Um, I'd love to know more. I will say that, um, I don't think it's modeled on a fat body, but the, um, the Helen's closet Ruby overalls go to a 62 inch hip. Oh, good to know. Good to know. I'll go take a look. And those ones, I'm not sure that those are the best for winter. They're kind of wide leg and crop. So they, they might not be your winter favorites, but um, they do have a, a elastic in the back, which I think is kind of, they, they look adorable. And um, the models in this are just her and her mother-in-law, because I think a lot of the stuff they did in the pandemic was just her and her mother-in-law. But yeah, no, I mean, that sounds amazing. That's one I'd like to look for and definitely do. So I'd normally wear these with... Um, uh, mid calf UGG boots. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so so perfect. the crop doesn't necessarily damage anything for me because yeah. in my UGGs, my feet, like in the zero degree weather with the 40 and 50 mile an hour winds, by the way, that we were having, my feet were unaware that it was cold. And oh, so awesome. <laughs> my okay. UGGs are the best thing in the universe. Um, yeah, that would look me. really cute with those too. So that's so, another yeah. choice. I'll put that on my list. I'm excited. What have you made? Okay. So I have just discovered um, the ZW Gather Dress, um, and um, this is a zero-waste uh, dress. It's from Bergita or Bergita Hemerson, Helmerson, and it is it's made for body size up to 61-inch hips, um, but the hips are essentially free on it. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, 61 inch chest measurement and the hips and waist are pretty much free on it. So that's the limiting factor is the chest measurement of 61 inches. And it's an interesting pattern. So, um, I've made, I think I've only made Chris Woodso's zero waste patterns, but that might not be true. Um, I, I guess I made the Fotinia as well, but this, this one is sized interestingly because you're not making the pattern based on your measurements. You're choosing the fabric size based on your measurements, which is really ah, interesting. Okay. So, it, and each fabric size is like, okay, if your chest measurement is this much, then you you can use anything bigger than this, right? This is the maximum uh, chest size for this fabric size. Okay. There's two separate size bands in this. There's a size one and a size two, and um, there's it really is maximum of 61 inch chest only because of the width of the fabric uh, and how, how they do this pattern. So it's an interesting way of putting it together. It's a zero waste pattern, truly zero waste in that you use everything, including the, um, the back neck. The, there's like a little scoop out. Yeah. For the and there's a little um, triangles in the front to make it like a V neck that you use in different places. Now I will tell you, I think that the, those two little tiny bits um, are sort of gratuitively used. You, you don't need them. Like there's like a facing you put at the bottom hem with the triangles. And I'm like, what the hell? I don't need this. So I, <laughs> I went ahead and throw those two little tiny scraps in the trash. Um, actually what I use them for is I always use the scraps of my pattern to make sure the settings are good on my serger and my sewing machine for whatever fabric I'm using. So anyways, this is a lovely pattern. I've seen it on lots of people. 
I don't know why I haven't hadn't made it before. It is this ideal pattern for me. Let me describe it. Go ahead. Yeah, it sounds like it is for you. I I love that they're using the scoop of the neck. Yeah, and the back the back of the neck there. The back, but yeah. Um. Okay, so I so the way this is is basically it's a pretty high waisted, uh, I guess like umpire waist, but maybe a little bit lower than that. Um, gathered dress basically, and it has a little drop sleeve. And, um, the end of the sleeve is just set to be loose, but you could, what I did was I put a little folded it over, made a little elastic casing Mm -hmm. and put elastic in it. I used from the first version I made, I used this Atelier Brunette, uh, reversible double gauze with the small and large checks. Oh, I love those. Yes. And this one is like I thought it was green and navy blue, but I think it's green and black. Um, and so I use the the big checks for the top and the little checks for the bottom, maybe even the sleeves on that. Um, but it's enough of the the dark green and the black together are dark enough that you really can't see if it's lined up, <laughs> which is kind of like the, the if the checks are lined up properly or whatever, it's pattern matching. So I like that. The, and I loved it. I love, love, love this pattern in that double gauze. It's not the crinkly type of gu- double gauze. It's the smooth kind. And I absolutely love it. Uh, the one thing is I did want the sleeves a little bit longer, which you can easily adjust in this pattern. And also I wanted to make the 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 bodice a little longer because I'm tall and I needed the bodice right. a little bit longer. So I loved it so much and I decided, okay, I'm going to use, I had purchased five yards or a little less than five yards, maybe, maybe it was five yards of this Merchant and Mills, really beautiful linen. It's called Winter Hymn. It is purple and navy check together. And at a distance, you can't even really see the check, but up close, it is just absolutely gorgeous. I love it. And I had it to make, I was actually going to make a, um, another pattern that is in my mind right now. I'm not sure if it goes to 60, so I'm not going to mention it, but it's very, very fabric hungry. And I knew that, uh, and it was going to take all five yards. Anyway, this is a very voluminous dress and it only took three yards, less than three yards, 2.65 meters. Oh, wow. Yes. I guess that's because it uses up every scrap, right? Right, right. And the way that it's formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it only took that much. So I had over two yards left. And guess what? I got to make a pair of pants out of that as well. Oh, my gosh. So that's Would you wear them together? (laughs) No, no. Those are two (laughs) separate things. But um, it's the the dress is just gorgeous. And I used you'd be so proud of me, Jenny. Uh-huh. Um, I have now I use snaps going down the front of it. I love snaps. I love them so much that that I just bought a snap press. You did? Yeah. So Jess from Mana and Broad yes. has been showing one recently on Instagram that they have used. And no, I was like, set without them. I don't know why someone would get this extra tool. 
oh, I'll tell you why. First off, if you want to make a lot of them. Secondly, if you want them to be more secured. Thirdly, if you need to buy the deeper snaps to go through thicker fabrics because there are mm. ones with a thicker pokey thing. I see. And, and the, the list goes on. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you can get dies for it to set rivets and to set um, eyelets and other things. So for your bag making self, I'm going to tell you eventually you will end up buying one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, for now, I was just thrilled to be able to do that. And, um, and the, really the reason I did that, I was planning on, I, I actually, the second one, I took my time. I, um, I, I really, I did the, the, the neckline piece, you know, the right way where you sew on one side and then you yeah. over and then stitch in the ditch for the second side. I, I really took my time on it and I would have been happy to to put buttons and buttonholes on there, but I didn't have any matching buttons. And although I take my time, I wasn't going to wait a couple of days for buttons to come in the mail. So I understand. Yeah. So I put the snaps and I think the, the antique brass snaps worked perfectly with that color. Anyway. No, I think they do. Love, that seems great. Love that dress. No, I, I love that very much. Um, I, I have not tried that one yet. And I don't know, should I? It sounds like I should, doesn't it? I think it? you should. I think you really should. I think it would look absolutely so great in your dyed linen, your dyed linens. It would yeah. look so cool. And, and it I, is so comfortable. Yeah. I'm looking forward to dying again soon. I planned to do a bunch of it over the, the Christmas holiday, but then it was zero degrees, which is yeah. not the right oh. temperature. Yeah, you can't do that. So, yeah. So yeah, I'm going to move into that again soon for sure. Um, <laughs> the other really cool thing, um, about this dress is I, you can, it's got a drop sleeve on it, but you could actually just like make it without that sleeve and have a sleeveless dress and like, it would just fold over. Like you don't have to do anything special for it. And I think it would look really cool with just without the sleeve for summertime. So I have some of those planned as well. Well, that is super cool. I love it. Um, I think we only have the one new pattern to talk about this episode, and it is a vest pattern from Pattern Scout, which is a pattern company I made one garment from in 2022. Oh. <laughs> I don't even Me remember too, which actually. one. I made the birdie button up from them. Uh, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even remember which one, but it was, it was one of the singles, one of the singles in my, my list. Um, but this is a birch vest. This is a lined waistcoat with princess seams, a deep scoop and a button front closure. And it would be amazing layered. It's something where I keep, I, I've been using knitted vest sweater vest mm -hmm. to wear over garments in the winter for added mm -hmm. warmth and I think this would work really well there as well it seems like a lot of companies are coming out with vest patterns which makes me think oh maybe it's because I don't even look at the outside world's fashion things maybe it's becoming popular again to wear what <laughs> yes I don't know and, and so, so that's a yeah waistcoat for so I don't look much either, right? I, I'm definitely not out looking at a bunch of stuff in the world, but this past this past week, <laughs> I had time to kill. And so I was exploring fast fashion options at my local Target store. <laughs> and actually, it wasn't even local. It was at a Target store in Tennessee um, because we timed our travel incorrectly and had an hour to kill. <laughs> And so we were, we were over at the target, but what was shocking to me, there were a couple of notable things here. Cause I have to get up on my pissed off horse about fat stuff all the time. 
Um, I, I went first to the one in Asheville and then one in Knoxville, Tennessee. And um, one of the things I noticed is as I'm walking through the store, you know how Targets all have the same layout or a really similar layout mostly? Yeah. Well, they've been changing some stuff up, which I don't love because I like familiarity, but change is bad, right? Universally. So <laughs> it can be a little hard to be suddenly abruptly hit with change in the middle of a shopping trip. So I'm walking back through the store in Asheville with my daughter in Tennessee with my husband. And I'm like, oh, well, there's the maternity fashion. So if you just stop slightly short of that, that's where fat people will be because that's where they position us. Yeah. And they've redone the stores. So now it's it's thin people fashion, handbags, fat people maternity. <laughs> and usually it's a bigger section than it was when we got there. I'm like, oh, well, we must be almost there. And in this case in Asheville, it was fat people, thin people maternity. So they decided to move us away from maternity, but it was also thin people, handbags, fat people, thin people, maternity. <laughs> they took away half of our section and gave it to sizing that wasn't inclusive. <laughs> so it was really, it was really distressing just right off the bat. And then there was like one rounder and a couple of stand-up display stands and that was it. So they really cut the section down. I reached out to someone at the store and was like, hey, am I just missing where the rest of the clothing are? And they're like, nope, this is it. And that was the only explanation Asheville offered. So we didn't buy anything, not shockingly. So I'm in Knoxville with my husband and wildly, I head to the maternity section and there's no fat people stuff there. I look over, there's no label above the area. There's nothing. So I can't find the fat people stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, are they seriously going to make me search for fat people? And Somebody walking by said, can I help you find something? I said, well, I'm looking for fat lady clothing and I'm not seeing it here anywhere. And she goes, oh, ma'am, just follow me. And she takes me over to a section that's pretty large. And she says, just so you know, part of our rearranging is we're going to make all our styles available in all sizes. So you're going to find large sizes mixed in with smaller sizes in the future. And, uh, and I was like, okay, that seems awesome. And while I was there, I found a couple of designers I'd never seen before who made some things I thought were interesting. So I bought myself a skirt and two jackets, which is wild. (laughs) So I now have some ready-to-wear clothing that's about to head into my closet and see if I can find a way to wear it. Ta-da! Oh, that really sucks. I hope they do better. (laughs) So yeah. Okay. Um, We have an exciting episode we do because we are looking back at the last hundred episodes and calling some things out for ourselves. And I think the biggest disadvantage we have is that Beverly went through the list first because she's always more prompt than I am. And a lot of my answers are the same, which really annoys me, (laughs) but I didn't change them because the truth is they're the same answers. So when we start, one of the first questions that I had for this episode is what was your favorite episode? And Beverly had two answers. So one of them I didn't pull out because I just did one episode because I know what the word favorite means. (laughs) (laughs) But Beverly has ties, so that's fine. Um, But my favorite and one of Beverly's was definitely not guaranteed sewing tips. That was episode number five. It was one of our very early ones. And I just loved getting the opportunity. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was a good episode. Yeah. And it was full of all kinds of tips that you maybe shouldn't use, but maybe you could use. It's hard to say varying results from that, but it's, it was about real sewing. Like how do we, how do we actually sew as compared to 
maybe what the rules say you're supposed to do. And it just, well, it was my a good grandma episode. says you're supposed to do. Yeah. It was hilarious, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I agree with you a hundred percent. That's one of the best episodes we've done. So if you haven't gone back and already listened to episode number five, definitely not guaranteed sewing tips. That is a great place to dive in. Go That's check right. it out. That's right. Um, the other one that I put was really only put in because I feel obliged to put a favorite of number 66, which was all about linen. <laughs> And I love that because, of course, you have sold me on linen as a fabric, which curses and thanks both to you for that, because it definitely it was my most favorite fabric in 2022 thing I sewed the most with. Um, It led me into my ice dyeing for sure. I don't think I'd have loved ice dyeing nearly as much if I was using cottons instead of linens. Um, I think that's one of the big successes I've had there was just going into dyeing, which came out of that love of linen. Um, So. So very much. I agree. It's a, it's an excellent episode, but definitely not guaranteed sewing tips. You should listen annually. Honestly, we need to go back and update that. We, we need to do yeah, another one. We should, we should we do can... another one like that. We should do another one because our sewing practices have changed a lot. I've got to listen to that and see what I'd add to it. That I think that would be a really worthwhile thing to do. Both of us yeah. have homework of listening to that episode now. <laughs> so what was your favorite interview that we did? Oh my goodness. So the one that for me, I am proudest of is the conversation that you had as a panel about gender and sewing. Um, I think that that really looked at sewing from an angle that we don't always think about that sewing companies definitely don't always think about. But I also think it expanded even during the course of your conversation, how you thought of that conversation. Yeah, yeah, I learned a lot to it. Yeah, you went into it kind of with what we as cisgendered women had an image for what we were going to be talking about, what you were going to be talking about with this group. And by the time you exited, it was like, oh, actually, those aren't even the questions. That's not even how to frame this conversation. And I love that because there was there was a real opportunity for learning there. And it started with punk frockers itself <laughs> before learning. even extending yeah. outwards. And I, I thought that one was amazing. Um, as far as an individual, yeah. And that's also where I was introduced to, um, to Seams Fabric because the owner of Seams Fabric, Jess, showed up for that, Jesse, uh, showed up for that to talk about. So, yeah. And Seams Fabric is definitely a place I've enjoyed both collaborating with and purchasing from in the last year. Um, I've been, been really glad to, to watch their growth. Um, for individual interviews, for me, Mimi G was a real highlight for me. This is, this is someone who's an obvious luminary within the sewing world and is actually positioned to be able to make real changes in terms of how especially new sewists are introduced to sewing. Since yeah. so much of that happens at big box stores like Joann's and like, um, well, I'm not going to name the other one, but at Joanne and through the big four pattern companies that are now the big five with Mimi G's launch of No Me Patterns, which uses designers from within the Instagram community, call me, um, and, <laughs> and puts their <laughs> patterns out, right? Yeah. And the ability to make a difference there is so huge. And I love being able to talk with Mimi um, before the launch of No Me. And I'm really hoping to be able to talk her into another conversation now that Nomi has come out because that was something we talked about off air at that interview, but that I wasn't able to share any of that um, 
any of that with listeners because it was still developing. And now that it's out, we've seen two different seasons of iterations of pattern designers be introduced through that pattern brand. Um, And there are definite improvements in terms of sizing, although the website is still a little confusing on that. There are some patterns where you get to the store and they're expanded to a 62-inch hip, but when you look on the website, they aren't. So there's a little bit of a mix match there that's, that's still occurring. But um, but Mimi is so impactful. Getting to chat with her was amazing. How about you? What was your single favorite interview? Or I don't know, three, maybe three favorites. <laughs> well, the first one I put was my interview with Jim because I loved interviewing Jim. And I just, <laughs> I, I think that's great, but that's, people might not want me to say that because he is my partner. And obviously um, I love chatting with him, but I will say I loved our conversation with Terrence Williams. He has the number one best laugh of anyone I know. (laughs) And that is a huge compliment for me because I, although you have a pretty good laugh too, Jenny. Um, (laughs) I I really, uh, I enjoyed our conversation with him. And I also really loved when we had Florence Taylor on. Now we had her come on as sort of like one of us instead of like as a, more like as a guest and she just fit in like she'd been there the whole time. And it was really great having felt like having a longtime friend come chat with us. I really liked that format and it's one we didn't do much of, but maybe yeah. we'll get on again in the new year where we have just a third person join us for an yeah. episode instead of a specific question and answer session. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot you can learn from that too. That's really just that, that additional perspective that's different than ours. So um, I I love that as well. It was really hard to pick out a single interview um, or even two in my case. And and, and I cheated because one's a panel um, because, (laughs) because so many of the conversations we've had have been really impactful. And we've definitely heard from listeners about, about that impact. I know um, I still hear from people regarding the interviews I did with Fat Sois for an early episode as well. Um, And I definitely will still see people sharing episodes as they're catching up because often someone finds us and then they're like, oh, shoot, now I've got to go back to episode one and start start over. And, And as they get to those episodes, they'll often share or comment on them. And it's, it's really neat to see how people have been touched by the different, the different interviews that we've done really great perspectives coming in on in that way your favorite moment. And we both have the same thing here. And if I remember to do it, I'm going to go find this damn moment and I'm going to insert it here because it seems really smart to me. There was an episode where we all of a sudden partway through the episode realized we did not know what we were talking about regarding the size of threads. There are two different ways of defining them and they are opposite. Yeah. One of them, the numbers get bigger as the threads get bigger. And one of them, the numbers get smaller as the threads get bigger, which by the way, makes no sense whatsoever. But there are two different ones. And we realized it in real time using Google. <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was um, so too we, funny. We may accidentally have educated listeners as well. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. I, I really like that. Yeah. So if I don't go back and insert it, because let's remember, I'm a little lazy. Um, your homework, not you, Beverly, but listeners, your homework is to listen to all 100 episodes until you find that part and then comment on it. <laughs> feels fair, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's because it, it says T 
KT is 100 on here. I think it is. Well, TKT, though, that's not Tex, is it? What is Tex and TKT? Hold on. (laughs) Are they two different things? We'll have two different figures in these systems. What was your favorite challenge? My favorite challenge was hashtag PF bondage. It had the best name of any of (laughs) our, um, of our challenges. And it was also so nice to slow down and add beautiful details. I made a couple of pairs of pants at that time. I used Sheila O'Kelly's method for bias binding the waistband and Every time I wear those pants, I love looking at that waistband. I love, it's just, it feels nice. It, it, it feels special to me. And I'm so glad I did that. And, um, I, I'm making a pair of pants. I have a pair of pants cut out on my, on my sewing table right now. And I'm going to do the same thing just because it's made with special fabric and I want them to feel as special as possible. It, it has to make going to the bathroom more fun, right? To know that. <laughs> time you're going to get that little sneak peek um I I love that one as well but PF Scrappy was my favorite because we had such an overwhelmingly positive reaction from listeners that is the challenge that I think we had the the single most number of individual contributions to that month's challenge and I who rarely use scraps outside of a facing which I think hardly counts but would count for the purpose of that challenge um, actually figured out how to make use scraps in several garments that month. And I was really proud of myself for doing that. And at least one of those garments remains in my closet and is a favorite. Um, oh, the, the second garment I did out of scraps is no longer in my closet, but that's because a large enough sum of money was offered for it that, that I decided <laughs> I would go ahead and let that one go. But I loved that. And I think, honestly, all of that scrappy thing um, led to my bag making that I did over the holidays because I had purposefully saved scraps, not knowing what I'd do with them, but knowing that having learned through PF Scrappy, there were things I could do with them. And so I had them just sitting around waiting. And when it came time to decide what to make for this market, I thought, oh, 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 I've got really high quality fabrics in very small quantities (laughs) and I can make some cool stuff. So I was really pleased with it. That's cool. (laughs) So what have you learned in the last 100 episodes? Oh my gosh. So I learned to edit a podcast. Yes. (laughs) So we're just going to start with some technical skills. I learned to edit a podcast. I learned even after learning to edit a podcast, that there's a difference between the two files that you download when you download Zoom recordings. (laughs) One of them includes the images, which I had no idea because in the in the software we use, it doesn't show you the images. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one's just the audio. And so I had been so frustrated by how long it took to convert my file to an MP3 for editing because, because it was, I mean, it was like hundreds of mega whatevers and it just took forever to do. And one day I sent Beverly files for her to edit. And she's like, can I, can I seriously just get the audio ones? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Just the audio? Just like the other one, the smaller one. And I'm like, oh shit, there's a smaller one. So that was super exciting. Um, I had always wondered what that second file was, but not, not enough to check. Um, so that was really cool. Um, I learned that you can make friends with sewists that you've never met, which is, is one of those things where it just, it felt weird. Like I was trying to build myself or insert myself into the sewing community, but it hadn't occurred to me that I could 
that I could just like get to know people through this medium. And I have gotten to know so many people through this medium. It has really opened up my universe, which, um, which I love. And especially during some of the hard times, because of course, Instagram is a curated space. You mostly don't see the downtimes, but I struggle a lot around holidays. I struggle a lot um, with my husband's mental illness. I struggle a lot with a bunch of different things, but having people in the community I can reach out to and, and be supportive of and receive support from is really, really exciting. Um, and of course, I've learned that I both curse and bless Beverly for continually making my sewing practice more annoying slash better. <laughs> and we'll talk about that more in another question that's coming up, um, because that's all part of how I've learned to slow down and do things righter. Uh, <laughs> as it were, my old self would be appalled at my current sewing practices. <laughs> but what have you learned, Beverly? <laughs> I've learned so much. Um, we started this <laughs> podcast when I had uh, about six months of sewing experience as for making my own clothes. So I definitely have, have learned a lot. Um, one thing that I learned, um, is a little bit of division of labor. I mean, Jenny and I both do a lot of work for the podcast, um, especially now, but there's certain things, there's certain tasks that, um, that I've, I've learned to leave to Jenny, which I, I, I don't usually ask for help or, or think anybody could do anything better than me. Um, but <laughs> Jenny is an awesome business person. And one of your best skills is, you know, how to say things diplomatically. I have the ability of taking a perfectly normal um, conversation that you would have with someone <laughs> and getting my mind uh, like overthinking it so much to make it totally awkward and defensive. And I'm like, how about if we say it like this? And Jenny's like, how about if we say it like this, like a normal person? And it's like, it, and she just fixes it for me. And so when we have to deal with anything, even if it's not awkward, seriously, just normal conversations, Jenny can make that that happen so well. And it's a it's a great skill. And I think a lot of it comes from your experience in human resources. Uh-huh. <laughs> actually really, really great at that. And I think that's something that I'm not sure it's a skill I can actually develop. So I'm just gonna leave that part to you. But I think that's hilarious. And I agree with you that has to be the human resource, <laughs> the human resources impact, because it's a thing I have to do all the time. <laughs> So I think um, although I'd like to think that I have human resources and also your you are uh, you have a compassionate core value that mm -hmm. um, that comes across without judgment when you're saying whatever you have to say. So I think that's awesome. I feel like you have a compassionate core as well. So I, think, I, think, <laughs> I, I, I just want to make that point. <laughs> OK, okay. That you are a compassionate, well-meaning individual. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Let and everyone so, think I'm a complete monster. <laughs> Normally that's my job. So, <laughs> I so love another it. thing that I, that I've learned, this is an important thing and it's probably a very obvious thing, but I've learned the extent of the hurt and harm that has been caused by unequal access to patterns based on size. And I learned that the sewing community can pressure that to change and succeed. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen so much progress in just, the 
almost two years that we've been doing this. And I think that that's awesome. I'm not saying that we created that, but I'm saying the sewing community created that and we are part of the sewing community. I agree with you. And I think it's amazing how much change there has been that said so much room for improvement, which is also really a hopeful space, right? Because Mm -hmm. if there's room to improve, you know, people will still pressure for improvement and improvement will happen. I can't wait to see it. 200 episodes, how much further we've come. Will we be at a point at 200 episodes where we're able to say, actually 70 inches, that's our marker. Will we, we'll be at a point where we can really stop worrying as much about it because you know, almost every pattern that comes out will meet an inclusive requirement? Will we be at the point where we're able to say, actually, we're only going to do them where the language is ungendered? Mm. At what point can we couple that into things that we consider, you know, markers of whether a pattern's worth promoting? And we're definitely not there. You're limited to like four designers <laughs> if you if you change your requirements. But are we are we going to move in those directions? I think that's really exciting. So yeah, great call out. Love it. So How's your sewing practice different? I think the single biggest change in my sewing practice is I'm much better at knowing if something's my style or not before I sew it. Um, I have made enough garments that um, I can see a pattern and know I have a better idea if I'm going to like it on myself um, than, than I did before. I think that's a really neat skill to have. It's something where I have made so many more garments than you have, and I'm still not there. That's something where I still can't tell if I'm going to like it, not only until I've made it, but probably until I've worn it. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. oftentimes I'll put something on that checks every box for me. It should be perfect. It should be exactly what I'd want. A great example of this for me is the Meg by five out of four patterns. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Meg dress is a knit dress with, I want to say it's a slight V, but it's like a rounded V at the front. Mm-hmm. It's got three quarter inch, three quarter inch. It's got three quarter length sleeves with a flounce on the end. It's got a full skirt. It's um, It looks fitted when you put it on. It's fully lined. I believe it may not have been. I may have added the lining in both of the ones I've made, but I think it's a fully lined bodice. Um, all of those are things that I'd normally like. I made two of them total, and that's all I've made. And I wish I had not cut into precious fabric for both of those because I would go back and make the dress I designed for myself instead, which visually looks a lot the same, but I've built the sleeves to have more ease in them. I've removed the darts from the bodice. I've made the bodice um, with a bias instead of a lining. I've changed the proportion on the skirt. There are a few little things I've done, but if I were to line up four dresses, and you were not a sewist and you were to look at them, you would probably say, oh, those are the, those are all the same dress. <laughs> those are all the yeah. same dress. And, and they aren't because it's those tiny little details. And so on paper, the Meg dress should have been perfect for me as made. I, I wear them only because I made them out of precious fabric. And I, I hate that I wasted that fabric on those garments um, because I love Nothing the fabric. with the pattern, but th- it's just n- not what. It, it does, right. All it, it's a great pattern. I've recommended the pattern. It's a wonderful pattern, but it isn't quite right. It's like all the tweaks I'd have to do. I went ahead and did. <laughs> just made it my own instead. Yeah. 
instead of. So nothing wrong with the pattern. I've loved so many five out of fours. I love the Meg. It's, it's, it's just a lovely dress, but, but it needed some tweaks to be right for me. And so, so and it wasn't until I wore it out for a day where I went, it was too late. I'd already sewn two because you've met me. Um, and, <laughs> and when I tried it on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. I'm going to love it. But when I wore it all day, I realized, oh, actually, these are the things that really annoy me. About it. <laughs> and now I've gone and designed my own for it. And I made those dresses, one of them this year, but the other one I made the previous year. And it just, anyway, just wasn't quite, quite right for me. Um, what I've learned is all of the stupid things that you have shown me there could be a purpose for like, I don't know, pre-washing or whatever. I pre-wash all the things, all the things that come into the house. Like I'm at the, I'm, I'm getting something cut in person at the place and there I had 12 yards cut of something. And they're like, okay, let's, we're going to work on folding it all up real nice and neat. And I'm like, doesn't matter to me because you know where it's going in the washer when I get home, <laughs> whether you made it a neat fold or a sloppy fold, just whatever's fast, be efficient, doesn't matter. And <laughs> and that's the way I treat all of my fabrics now. They all come into the house. They go immediately into the washroom because I do not have the kind of organizational structure to be able to have unwashed fabrics and washed fabrics in my sewing yeah. room. So they've all yeah. just got to go right out there and be washed, um, which is super, super important. Um, I bought a new iron for the purpose of being able to iron more easily. Arg, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> so... So I've not only had to do that, of course, for patches and bags where they got linings because I'm using interfacing or whatever, but I've also like, I'm making these overalls that I can't talk about because they're not the right size, but they require interface parts and I cut out the interface. <laughs> I'm going to use it. What has happened to me? Normally I'd just be like interfacing, interfacing, <laughs> and I'm actually going to use it here. Um, I'm using pins at critical points. Whereas before, like when you were talking about, um, fitting in cap sleeved in our last episode and mm -hmm. how, when you first start doing that, it maybe involves a lot of pins mm -hmm. <laughs> and gathering stitches where you're not really gathering, you're just helping the ease or whatever. Yeah. And that's a thing. I, I literally don't even remember doing that when I was learning how to set in mm -hmm. sleeve. Like, well, that one's fucked up and moved on. Uh -huh. <laughs> and now, now I'm making sure Beverly, I cut the notches. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> No, not of course. What's wrong with you? Who needs notches? <laughs> I I am cutting. I bought a tool to cut them. I am cutting the flipping notches and things. I'm making sure it's so terrible. So my sewing practice is different because I cuss at it a lot more than I used to because before it was so easy and now it's slower and more complicated. But I guess you could argue possibly slightly more accurate or whatever. <laughs> I cut the notches. That's probably the sum up of my sewing practice. <laughs> well, I think the interesting thing is I actually use less pins than I used to. And part of that is because I have a lot more sewing experience under my yeah. belt. But, um, you know, now when I set in a sleeve, I have I have pins at the notches, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how I'm using them now. Yeah. Previously, I would have been like, whatever. Um, and I would have eyeballed it and it would be fine. It's not like it was bad, just as a side yeah. note. I mean, when I was sewing 40 years ago, it might've been bad, but, but now it wouldn't have been bad. Now I'm honestly, I use them and I'm like, I mean, I guess that's easier than having three fingers spread out to hold things in place. I mean, 
<laughs> so yeah, so we're probably using the same number of pins now. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> That's hilarious. What do you want to see more of? Oh, I'd love to see more of this uh, community love. I love that when we get com. Whenever I see a comment from someone that has just discovered us and says, oh, it feels like I'm in, you know, I have them in my sewing room with me and just friends talking. And I I really love that. I mean, that's, that's my favorite part of the show. And so (laughs) I would love um, more people to find and enjoy our podcasts. And um, for folks, really, I want people to feel welcome and um, at home in our, you know, community. I I love that. And I agree with you. My favorite commentary that people make is always, oh, it's like listening to old friends talk about sewing. And mm-hmm. it amuses me so much because we're coming up on two years, but we were not old friends. Yeah. <laughs> so when we came into it, we were just people who enjoyed sewing and had a really good rapport. And so I love to hear that from folks. Um, of course, at this point, we're old friends. Um, but but I, I agree with you. That's one of my favorite compliments and that we get about the show. I would like to see us move back to doing some additional interviews. That's something we sort of stepped away from in the last few months. And I'd like to see us do a little bit more. I don't think we intentionally backed away. It just hasn't fit into the way that we're scheduling and thinking about episodes more recently, but I loved hearing other voices on the show um, because that is a thing that, that we only offer so much variety being women of about the same age of about the same demographic there's there's a limit to how broadly we're maybe encompassing some of the viewpoints and perspectives. And I think bringing in other voices is a, a wonderful way that we can do that. So yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> so what, um, what hopes do you have for the next 100 episodes? Uh, so I have talked about it a little bit already. I would really like to see more changes in the greater sewing world that meet the needs of all sewists. So we've seen some significant improvement in terms of fat bodies. Um, A lot of that is really focused on pear-shaped bodies, not apple-shaped bodies. So there are still body types that are underrepresented for sure, that are excluded from patterns and the way that they're built. Um, I'd like to see more attention paid to gender bias and sewing patterns, sewing instructions, models, um, and things related to that. More extended sizing and more representation for fat sewists and old sewists and queer sewists because they're places where I I don't see as much. I'd like to see more black sewists, more POC sewists and so forth getting louder voices, more amplified within the community. And I have hope because I think there's been just a continual practice for two plus years of the sewing community coming forward to argue in favor of these things. And there are fewer voices pushing back because I'm sure you'll recall early on in our, our podcasting, we talked about some of that pushback and what it can look like when you ask a designer why they have an extended sizing and they basically push back and say, cause there's no market. I asked my current customers and they said they weren't interested <laughs> and, and you're seeing less and less of that, right? Yeah. It's That's less true. common that someone pushes back. It still happens. And it usually, mm-hmm. it, the ones I'm spotting are usually related to sort of a cult of personality around a designer who is a, a a person of their own, like that, the thing you love is that designer, mm-hmm. not specifically sewing, not all these other things, but that person and what they represent. 
And I think there you can end up with some pushback, but. Well, and so this is, I don't know if this is really um, relevant to the question, but I, I (laughs) agree that, um, you know, we don't hear so much of people saying it's too hard anymore because so many people have done it that you look like an idiot if you say it's too hard, you know? Yeah. And there, there are places to go to get that support now that are affordable if you're trying to make a business out of this. Mm-hmm. So even just looking at um, Victoria's Herbaccia studio, where they're doing mm-hmm. the, the pattern design and drafting and grading mm-hmm. thing, that is that is an affordable expense if your business is intending to be pattern design. And it, ta- mm-hmm. it walks you through grading, blocks up to at least a 62 inch chest, which is usually a larger hip, but like at least through that. And so, and from there, you can build your own blocks and the grading still applies, right? And so if you are unable to even make that effort, yeah, you just get laughed out of the water. It's not, it's not realistic. Yeah. So what I would like to see in the next hundred episodes is not, I guess it's not really that profound. I will, I would like that we meet the community needs and wants with our show that are, that we can respond to what people are saying, I think like, you know, we, we make these kind of decisions for ourselves about things we want to do, but we definitely want to have our ear to the community so that we are providing what the community wants, or, or I guess we'll get laughed out of the water, right? (laughs) Absolutely. We definitely want to stay up on the pulse of it. And this past year, the challenges have really represented what we heard back from community members as things that they were interested in. And so maybe it's time to poll again to get um, a wide variety of ideas sent to us that we can use for the coming year's planning, which we're we're moving into planning season. So yeah, that's a an awesome point. Um, the community has love go ahead. Oh well just the community has thoughts and feelings. Let's hear them. Yeah, exactly. We would love it if you would um, send us a note saying something that you would like to see in our um, in our podcast or really if you just want to praise us and tell us how great we are we would love that too <laughs> I mean if you're going to do that you might as well do it publicly and rate and review us using your local podcatcher um, we are also open to critical feedback and we've definitely gotten some in the no, past no 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 we don't want that <laughs> It's not common, but um, but getting called out when we when we misspeak or mm-hmm. when it doesn't feel like we're addressing an issue in a way that makes sense is has value as well. Um, yep. As much as we are, in fact, obviously perfect, um, there, there's always the possibility that we're not. That's so, and with that, I guess uh, is there anything else you want to express on this our 100th episode? No, I'm just thankful that you said yes and decided to do this <laughs> podcast with me. And that we have, we've, we've done it. We've done a hundred episodes and I'm proud of us. Yeah, I, I really am. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me on a whim. I, I really appreciate it. This is, this has been really huge, huge for me. This has um, brought a lot of really good things into my life. And, and so, yeah, so thank you as well. We have, speaking of that, we're always perfect, we have a few outtakes from our podcast over the last 100 years that we've compiled ah. together. And is, is the statement that they're over the last 100 years one of those outtakes? Oh. <laughs> I didn't even know I did that.
<laughs> it only feels like a hundred years, a hundred episodes. Um, <laughs> so no, you just start that over. I'm going to definitely leave that in. Okay. Okay. So it's the last 100 episodes. We have made many, many mistakes and we took a sampling of them that we thought were funny and put them together. So this will be the last like eight minutes or so. So you can, if you, if you don't have a sense of humor or you don't like to laugh, (laughs) you can just turn us off right now. Otherwise you can, you can. That is so shady. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I need Jenny to say things diplomatically for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, right. okay then. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. See you, See you next Tuesday. Tuesday. The Punk Frackers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frackers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art. We will see you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) That sounded perfect on my end. Awesome. Well, hopefully it sounded perfect on the recording then. Yeah. See See you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. It sounded good on my end. It did sound good. I didn't hear you guys, so we must have been in sync somehow. (laughs) See See you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) That was no good. They can't all be winners. (laughs) They can't any of them be winners. <laughs> wow. See you See next, you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> See, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I think that came out perfect. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah your dog agrees. <laughs> uh, my dog's like, woo. See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Is awesome. it time to say goodbye? Yeah. Halloween. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, okay. We should say goodbye and then I have to show you some fabric. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's okay. hilarious. Okay. Okay. So we will see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> that has got to be the worst yet. <laughs> Oh boy, that's it. See, good thing I didn't do the bloopers yet. Oh my golly, good. See you next, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> See you next, See you next, See you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that one was really bad. <laughs> that one was super- See you next, See you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> See you See next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. Were we close? No. Okay. See you, See you next, next Tuesday. Oh, you were doing was, the finger thing. It was I know, but perfect. I wasn't. That's awesome. You stopped. See you next. See you, you next, next Tuesday. Tuesday. And if you would like to support our show, you can go to Punk Frog. No. If you would like to support <laughs> our. <laughs>
that'll be a big thing to take out there, but. Yeah, but I mean, it's essential, so I don't see that as a big issue. Yeah, better than important. having to wiggle around in my chair like Tori Amos or something. Hello, hey. Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> we already messed it up. Do you know our prices yet? Um, honestly, I, I don't think I do. Okay. Um, we'll talk about it later. Uh, People think are that used to that, I guess. I've got, I've got some old books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got actually old, old shit they can have. This actually. one's actually <laughs> an old book on refashioning in using the sewing machine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, <laughs> I tried to give enough pause that you could cut it out. <laughs> we have to cut this out. That's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I really am. It is so expensive. <laughs> um, this is how awful I am. I, you know, let Jenny spend all this money sending all these things away. And then I sent one thing to Canada that cost me $35. And I'm like, Jenny, we can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, you should check out our Australian winners. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure to get things to folks. Oh, my God, so much. Be a gratitude, man. Yeah. <laughs> Think about this. We were talking about everything from like sewing, sewing community and aging and fat to dry chachas. That, I use yeah. it every day for every single thing that I snow, 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 <laughs> crap. Oh, guinea pigs are fabulous. They are so delicious. And she, well, <laughs> you make it sound like you eat them. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a it is a delicacy in some countries. Just side note. <laughs> no, but I they're so myself, sweet. I have not to myself tried guinea pig as yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, let's try again, and this time I'll try and be less lame. Do you it's really, really want to be wearing something that won't take the odor away, Beverly? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I guess we will. <laughs> can't even say that, right? <laughs> you do it. <laughs> oh, did you want to see me next Tuesday? See, see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> that was terrible. No, Darwin. So they went to Darwin. Darwin? That's that's England, isn't it? Oh, fuck if I know. Hold no, no, on. That's Australia, I think. That's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so not spray paint? Um, not <laughs> wow, this seems short. Uh, I think it was an hour. <laughs> it's about I eight don't know. o'clock. I may have to talk to myself. <laughs> I may still have to talk to myself in the bath tonight. It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> Or have you gone? I had to step away. I'm sorry. I'm listening. I figured you'd keep going, but then oh. you didn't. February sponsors. I know we're just finishing up. This will be the, this comes out on the last day of the month. So no, it our doesn't. Shit. Okay. So let's back that up. So this month's sponsors are something it different. Comes out Tuesday. It's not the end of the month yet, but it is. This no, is no. I'm just month. saying I'm confused oh, in my okay. brain. <laughs> so Monday is the 28th. Okay, so I'm going to fix that. Um, so this month's sponsors for, well, it is still February, isn't it? Yes. Yes, you're right. I'm so fucking off right now. Um, okay, great. 
So the the prize that we're giving away for February. Yeah. So Beverly's the best. I'm just going to start with that. The, what do you call those? What do you call this? The straps. As I was going to say, I, I think it's a strap, but it feels like that can't be what you're not remembering. <laughs> Beverly is super, super awesome. And she does such a good job of organizing this podcast. And I'm so, so glad that I'm working with her. Don't tell. Did you not mark where you're going to stitch? Do I look like I did? No, of course I didn't. <laughs> Why would I do that? I don't even understand the words you're saying. Um, <laughs> people are going to love this, Beverly. Do not cut it. Um, I, I'm totally I was sitting it. in a... Yes. So you can find us at Punk Frocker... Pay, how does it work? Punk Frocker... I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so a new version of a new, what do we call that episode? Not episode. What do we call it? A new addition issue issue of, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're even talking about. <laughs> yes. It's a new episode of the magazine. I, I'm very excited about the new episode as well. <laughs> well. At least no one can see me when it arrives and I can't see something and I try to push it apart with my fingers.